The Future Sport Podcast is brought to you by 3Advance, developers of sports tech apps that are AI-powered and UX-focused. So if you're looking to create some apps for your startup or your sports biz calls for some artificial or business intelligence, you should check out 3Advance. They're incredible. Go to 3Advance.com. That's the number 3Advance.com. Empire. When we return, what will our stadiums be able to do? We can contextualize their experience, what we offer to them, what we suggest. And then, of course, that becomes compounded when you have historical behavioral data on this individual to say, historically, what have they tended to like or participate in? That's Carrie Zaremba, founder and COO of Venutize, who was already working to help fans stay socially distant pre-pandemic. This is the Future Sport Podcast. I'm Bram Weinstein. Harry Zaremba has spent two decades in multiple different startups that revolve around media and process improvement. She has global experience developing business, but she's now focused on making our stadiums in North America function better. Our guest this week is Carrie Zaremba, who's the founder and COO of Venutize, which is one of the leading mobile technology and payments platforms for smart venues. Hey, Carrie, how are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you? Great. Um, I would think that this interview would be very different if this was literally any other year. So as you talk <laughs> about smart venues and getting people there and paying for things, uh, what's your worldview of sports right now? Well, ironically, this pandemic has presented us with a fantastic opportunity in the industry. I think prior to COVID, what we were seeing was a more gradual evolution of venues to adopt um, some more futuristic types of technologies. And we're seeing that accelerate now in anticipation of bringing fans back into venues. And it's really centered around things like contactless experiences, touchless payments, and smoothing that fan journey out. So ironically, we're actually seeing some acceleration around the adoption and transformation of venues in that area. Okay, so let's go pre-pandemic first. Um, What were the teams, the leagues, and what were you all working on together um, as you moved forward? And then we'll, we'll skip ahead to what has maybe accelerated here over the last few months. So we were seeing a lot of adoption around uh, mobile wallets and bringing payments into more of a digital sphere. But there was more of a balance with other methods of payments, maybe more traditional ones. Um, So things like cash and physical credit and debit cards, those were still fairly widely used. And there was a sense in the industry of not wanting to alienate any type of fan and giving them all options in terms of how they would transact or interact with those venues. Um, with a medium that was most comfortable for them. We saw something uh, similar with tickets, although a little bit more aggressive on the ticketing side in terms of moving into uh, mobile and digital only. Um, So after COVID, we're seeing much more aggressive stances taken 
about making venues purely cashless, removing cash entirely from the equation, um, and in some cases, even removing physical credit and debit cards from the equation and trying to make everything truly virtual and digital. And so how is that coordinated within the venue? I mean, we're talking about everything here from food to merchandise to even ticketing. But once you're in the venue, um, that's taking care of itself. Um, How is that all then coordinated? So there are lots of different types of technologies that can help assist with this transformation. So the first thing is making sure that all of the backend operating systems are um, connected to a user's ability to pay virtually or digitally. So what Venutize does is we go in and integrate those backend operating systems, and it really spans all products and services that someone would be trying to transact on um, when they're engaging with that venue or that team or that brand. So it does span from ticketing, parking, food and beverage, and merchandise. Um, and we're also seeing that now start to evolve into things like sports betting uh, and other gaming opportunities. Um, so the first thing is making sure that that ability is there. But now uh, we're seeing some acceleration around that in terms of adding on some other bells and whistles. So things like biometric payments, huh. where someone can pay with their face, or, uh, things like um, cash to virtual cards. So even if somebody walks into a venue, they're inserting cash into kind of a reverse ATM, and then that currency is getting digitized into a mobile wallet or things like um, smart drink dispensers where you can pay on your phone for a drink and then walk up to a tap and have that um, unlocked so that it can pour the amount of drink that you've prepaid for, those kinds of things. Oh, that's wild. Let's talk about the gaming for a moment since you brought it up, gambling gaming. Um, Obviously, I think the first, you know, uh, priorities here were to make um, the experience just easier, less contact. We're not waiting in lines any longer for concessions and all of that type of stuff to make the ease of the experience better. Um, How have you kind of viewed incorporating gaming and potentially gambling products into what you're doing? So the idea is that we're trying to homogenize the payments experience for the end user and also give that 360-degree view to the the team, the venue, or the operator. And so the easiest way to do that is by having one consolidated way that someone can pay for anything that they want at any time. So uh, gaming or sports betting, all of these things are just extensions of the same concept. And we view those as other inventory management systems of other types of inventory. So our system is really agnostic to the product or service. We just want to make it highly uh, easy for someone to be able to transact. And then when you bring all of those transactions into one place, the data and analytics that you're able to glean from that information, uh, your ability to personalize and target uh, market promote to an individual uh, becomes that much more Uh, robust and real, and the likelihood of being able to uh, incentivize and get someone to uh, increase their spend across these uh, different realms uh, also becomes that much more real. You know, we've talked to um, a lot of different people at a variety of different levels, whether it's leagues, teams, or, or, or people who are doing similar ideas of what you have, and I think what we're finding here 
is that the teams in the leagues kind of knew their fans, but really didn't know them and didn't really know exactly what their wants and desires were, not only just in the moment, but as people um, outside of the moment. Um, Are you finding through all this data that the teams in the leagues are now finally getting to understand who their true fan base is? Absolutely. I think that that was at the heart of doing this. And so it's very difficult to evaluate, let alone accurately assess who your fan is if all of these data sources reside in different areas and you're not able to tie them together to the same user. Um, Also, if you're not able to tie together maybe a promotion or a campaign to an action or a behavior that someone actually took. So we've created a lot of tools within our system to be able to um, incentivize very specific behaviors in people and to see if that's effective, as well as to uh, court someone based upon their personalized desires and wishes. And there are two types of data that you can get to do that. One is by asking someone, and they may tell you different preferences or favorites or likes, Um, But a much more powerful data set is behavioral data. What did they actually do? And those two things don't always 100% align. In terms of marketing in the moment and in the game, what opportunity are you seeing to, and I don't want to, I mean, opportunity is a tough word during a pandemic and take advantage is a tough word of, uh, to use in general, but emotional states are different at a game when things are happening. Um, what are you finding out about fans as you interact with them in these heightened moments? Um, there are a lot of different things you can do given someone's context um, that makes what they're experiencing more relevant or what they could be augmenting their experience with um, given their context. So again, we use our platform in a way that is sure to know not only who the individual is, but what is their context. And that's a combination of where are they physically um, and what's going on in their environment. And so based upon those parameters, we can contextualize their experience, what we offer to them, what we suggest, And then, of course, that becomes compounded when you have historical behavioral data on this individual to say, historically, what have they tended to like or participate in? Um, So we we try to continue to learn more about um, the user and what one person may be interested in or what would motivate them to engage, which may be very different from the person sitting right next to them. And what's interesting, we've talked to some teams who are using data like this now, they're now learning about their fans very differently than in the past when there was these sweeping generalizations of this is probably a male and they like hockey. That's about the extent of what they probably knew about them. And some of them are saying by learning all of this, that a season ticket package or a quote unquote membership package to the team could look very different in the future that could involve streaming networks, uh, discounts on Uber rides and ride shares and all sorts of things that weren't necessarily co-joined with the typical season ticket or membership package of the past. Are, Are you seeing that now as well? Absolutely. And we have other partnerships with other vendors Um, that are using things like uh, facial recognition technology to see who's actually sitting in those season ticket member seats and are those faces changing over the course of a season? 
And so what the data actually shows is that there is a very, very small percentage of people that fit that traditional season ticket member profile. And in reality, these are more like timeshares because those spaces do change. And so how do you market or promote or make this um, appealing if this is really more of a timeshare type of concept as opposed to an individual or set of individuals who are, um, you know, repeatedly attending the same uh, types of events over and over together. So teams seemingly are finding, we, we've heard others say this too, that like it used to be my generation or, or older, they bought their tickets, they wanted to sit in the same spot in general or somewhere around there, and they liked the normalcy of the experience. And a younger generation isn't necessarily into that. They want the experience to be as different as possible every time. Are you kind of sensing that that is the trend of the modern sports fan? Absolutely. Um, some of our uh, partners at Sports Innovation Lab, they refer to this as the fluid fan. Um, but we absolutely see um, people liking to move around in a venue. And it's as much about the social aspect of attending an event as it is about watching the event itself. And so um, being able to see how people naturally move around in a venue how we can help them to move around more easily um, is absolutely uh, some of the the, the uh, uh, data that we're gleaning and the tools that we're developing um, to be able to you know align with that reality. Um, let's go back to gaming for a moment. Put put gambling aside for a second, but just general gaming, which is clearly that space is growing rapidly, especially among younger people. Um, how do you see that? becoming more incorporated with the game day experience through a group like yours that can augment that into the types of services that you are supplying for the fans who attend? So we've designed our platform from the beginning to not only be agnostic to individual vendors, but to be able to morph and expand and contract over time. So at the time, we knew that we couldn't anticipate every single type of technology or type of engagement that would come onto the market over time. Um, and nor were we trying to ourselves develop all of those things. So we are trying to bring in best of breed components and bring together a seamless experience end to end for users so that they're not having to jump around and go to a number of different platforms or places to be able to have that holistic experience, which they're desiring. So uh, we work with other gaming companies to bring that in. And then it's not just about kind of connecting that disparate experience, but it's how do we then merge our data sets and make something together that's greater than the sum of the parts. So I'll leave you with this then, because this is kind of just the big existential question, which is, is the game enough anymore? You've streamlined, you know, some things that I think modernizing this is how you get food much easier than in the past. This is how you might buy merchandise much easier in the past. But I think what we're talking about here too is that the experience almost feels like it needs to be enhanced beyond what has been in front of people, you know, um, over time. Um, do you get the sense generally that the younger generation and the modern sports fans, they want more than what's just the, than just the game being in front of them? Absolutely. We see this both with people, watching the game at home who are typically on second, if not third screen simultaneously, um, as well as in the venue, obviously, where uh, very few people are sitting in that seat and staying there for the duration of 
the event or the game. Uh, people are moving around. Uh, they're coming early uh, and they want to meet up with f- friends and socialize. And then often they're staying afterwards as well. So uh, we see a lot of evolution around sports venues in entertainment districts and all of the ancillary properties that uh, those consist of, from restaurants and, and retail outlets, bars, et cetera. And so the team is seeing those trends and they're trying to bring people in earlier, get them to linger and stay later. And that's the whole of the experience that people want. It's not just about making a beeline to the venue, sitting in the seat for the duration of the game and then heading home anymore. Um, All right. I'll let you go on. Let's hope the pandemic um, is going to end Um, for you personally. How have you thought about your business over the last few months as you wait out a return to sports? So we have obviously had to make adjustments like every other business out there. Um, we have reforecast in terms of our revenue and we've accelerated in some of those areas I mentioned earlier around uh, some of those contactless experiences. So we had a number of things on our roadmap that we hadn't originally anticipated uh, maybe being able to spread out over over a year, those have been brought in so that uh, our clients and you know prospective partners are able to really ready their venues during this downtime. I think that if people look at this as an opportunity to to capitalize on a little bit of a lull, they can really leapfrog forward in terms of readying and transforming those venues into something that's going to make people feel comfortable about returning. Um, I think this is about more than just saying you've Clorox wiped the building down. Yeah. You really have to do something that, that really fundamentally changes how people interact with the uh, these venues. Harry Zareba is the founder and the COO of Venue Ties. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. On the next Future Sport Podcast, fall is here and youth sports may or may not be. I think there will be changes in sports activity overall, but there's no question that the demand for sports is very high. People recognize the benefits it provides individuals. That's Dave DuPont, CEO and co-founder of Team Snap. They make being part of a team easier, but these days, there's nothing easy about it. That will do it for this episode. As always, the future is now. This is the Future Sport Podcast. I'm Bram Weinstein. The Future Sport Podcast is brought to you by 3Advance, developers of sports tech apps that are AI-powered and UX-focused. So if you're looking to create some apps for your startup or your sports biz calls for some artificial or business intelligence, you should check out 3Advance. They're incredible. Go to 3Advance.com. That's the number 3Advance.com.